0: Thank you everyone for joining us here today. I'm with Peter Glass and Macaria Flores in New York and Los Angeles, respectively. Today we're gonna to be talking about the infrastructure bill and the investment it makes in electric vehicles in cities across the country. Peter, Macaria, can you tell us what this means in New York and Los Angeles?
1: Yeah, absolutely, sure. I mean, w- New York is extremely excited about this infrastructure bill, first and foremost, because it helps plug these huge operating deficits that our big transit agencies have incurred, the Port Authority and the MTA. And, um, you know, that saved them. Uh, that's a really significant thing for New York to, to, to increase their operating funds and um, allow them to have a capital program, which is huge. Uh, you know, also, we certainly see the big incentives coming down on electric vehicles and charging stations, and that'll be really exciting as well. Uh, you know, what that means for New York in the future, I'm not 100% sure, I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a podcast, but uh, that's still a question mark in my mind as to how that's going to roll itself out and what that's going to mean for New Yorkers.
0: You know, Peter and and Katie, LA is just super excited. LA DWP, which is um, our power uh, provider here in the city, just announced the um, EV infrastructure czar to head up all of the efforts. So um, we're super excited. We're excited to see what that means. Um, But I think it also begs the question um, about public transportation, mobility, congestion in our cities. Um, unfortunately, I wish I had better news, but the pandemic has placed a bruise on our mobility efforts here in LA. People ultimately went back to what they know, back to where they felt safe, which was their cars. So our public transportation um, has been challenged by low ridership and and people are really concerned about the virus and, and their safety.
1: Yeah, 100%. It, if you think about sort of, The behavioral model of why people chose to get into whatever they got into to get to where they want to go. Yes. Uh, You know, the whole issue of safety and personal space and of sharing your space with others really has become a driver that really has just really affected people's choices. And, you know, in New York, you know, that effect is still pretty strong. I mean, you know, the subways aren't empty. But the subways are maybe about fifty percent ridership, you know. And if you think about six to eight million people taking the transit system in New York every day during the work week, and both the metro, uh, you, know, the, you know, the commuter rail and the subway are about fifty percent, that's three to four million people who are doing something different. Now, maybe some of them uh, have the, um, the the opportunity to stay at home and do their work, which is great. Many of them are service industry folks. Who mm-hmm. need to work and show up, you know, for physical presence in their workplace, and yeah, they're probably getting in cars, and that's why in New York we have more congestion now than it feels like we've ever had before, which is a really big issue for New Yorkers because it affects, um, it, it has these cascading effects on equity issues, employment issues, getting to work, where you can work, what opportunities are really available to people in different parts of the city, and you know, congestion is costly. It's costly. Yes, uh, the environment is protected if you go EV, but congestion is costly to New Yorkers for sure.
0: You, you know, Peter, um, you don't have to talk to me about congestion, right? Um, I think our, our we're we're probably up there in number one about congestion, mobility issues, and traffic. And I think before we talk about that, we really need to like take. Um, a little history lesson on on car culture in LA because the car culture is part of our DNA um, here in Los Angeles. Um, Public transportation is not new to to Los Angeles. We started in the 1910s with streetcars, right? That was spotty. The 1920s put us on a road that really cemented our dependency on cars when the federal government pumped lots of money into highways. Oil production was also starting in the city Oil rigs started to pop up all throughout the, the city, um, and some of them are still um, in play and operational to this day. They still um, extract oil. Uh, Goodyear even established a tire-making plant in the city, and it was part of the economic engine of the city. L.A. was growing at that time. Um, cities like yours in San Francisco that had land constraints grew up. L.A., with all its availability of of land, grew outside, um, grew outwards into this decentralized city that we now know as Los Angeles Basin. You know, Hollywood and pop culture also had a major play about how we view cars. Hollywood, I think, romanticized cars with status and romance. Um, Let's not forget all those movie scenes, right? We have more movie scenes about L.A. Um, with driving along in the convertible on the PCH, right? Uh, that freedom that one has. And at the end of the day, Angelenos have been hooked on, on cars. Um, I just don't know if the latest push for EVs is really going to get people out of their cars, off the highways, and ease our congestion. Um, in, in, a, in a different point of view, I think it actually does the opposite, this greenwashing of automobiles takes away some people's motivation to really um, protect the environment. Um, I, I think we better stuck in traffic in a in a new fancy Tesla and an EV car than a gas powered car. Um, to some, the the guilt of congestion is less than the guilt of polluting the environment. Peter, I don't know if the culture or the attitude in New York is the same.
1: I see plenty of Teslas. No question. Yeah, I think you know. You know what I'm seeing. A positive thing that I'm seeing is that New York's biking culture continues to grow, and the pandemic has actually benefited that because what it's done is it is it, it has driven people to you know an outside mode, which people obviously feel safe about, and the work at home culture has made people's lives more local and neighborhood based mm-hmm. and which is more consistent with cycling use or, you know, walking. So we are seeing really a Renaissance in New York and active mobility and walking and biking. Um, so that's a really good thing. Um, but I agree, um, you know, people feel guilty about polluting and spewing exhaust out their tailpipe. People don't necessarily feel guilty about causing traffic
0: yeah. or
1: contributing to traffic. And I think that is a real opportunity, I think, for for, you know, know, city leadership to to begin to uh, affect people's behavior by messaging on congestion. You know, in New York, we have congestion pricing coming down now and that's going to have a benefit, right, particularly to lower Manhattan. But it's a fairly blunt instrument and it's going to affect everybody equally, regardless of whether everybody is equally able to be affected. And so those folks who can afford the congestion price and surcharge, you know, they're not going to think twice about it. And those folks who are struggling to make ends meet, you know, that's going to really, it's going to take something out of their pocket. And so, you know, um, I I think we have an opportunity to, um, to bring to this very complicated problem, more tactical tools than, you know, sort of brute force congestion pricing. And I'm hoping that's just the first step.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with you. I think LA also has danced around with congestion pricing, but I'll leave you with something. The average Metro bus rider makes less than twenty thousand dollars a year. So when we when we put these policy drivers or these policy incentives out there, we definitely uh, keep in mind equity and inclusion and and making sure that everyone is included in that decision making process.
1: Oh, 100%. And you know, you know at, at the end of the day, people's behaviors shift and adjust, right? We've 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 adjusted our behavior and the pandemic has shifted all of us. Now we're in this sort of place where our behavior to purchase an EV is really driven by private business and consumer mm-hmm. And the desire to buy the next new thing right people go to the auto dealer to get a car and um you know right now there's a bunch of electric vehicles in the showroom as well as traditional cars 10 years from now it'll all be ev right and so you know that's a shift but that shift is really uh, you know originating from automobile manufacturers who are not responsible for congestion policy who are not responsible for people's behavior right And I just think that, again, you know, city leadership has an opportunity to step in here and say, ultimately, we're looking to change behavior. We're looking to get people to be more cognizant of the problems the city is facing. And just as they talk about crime and we have public messaging and crime, just as we talk about how to stay safe in the pandemic, you know, congestion hurts all of us. It doesn't help anybody to spend an hour in your car to get to work and an hour to get back. That actually has a big impact on people's lives. Economically, and then their well being as well. And I just think that we have a real opportunity here to step up with some policy that affects people's behavior and not let the market drop the policy.
0: 100% in, in agreement that uh, congestion needs to be a quality of life um, driver and issue.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So we've talked a bit about the motivators and the impact those motivators will have on behavior change. What do you what do you forecast for the next three to five years in New York and Los Angeles? What do you think is going to happen as it pertains to mobility in your cities? Yeah, I'll take that one, Katie. You know, I think for Los Angeles, we need to continue with our investment in our in our public transportation in- infrastructure. Angelinos want a robust public transportation system. We recently passed Measure M that is about one hundred and twenty billion dollars for this type of of, of infrastructure. You know, we have no choice. The Super Bowl is coming to town, the Olympics, and we have other mega events. We need a quick and easy way to get people from one part of the city to the other without, you know, without being in the car for two hours, right? Um, I also think we need to continue to partner up with all of the municipalities and all the different entities here in L.A. and support initiatives that get people out of their cars. Metro and the local community college district just announced a partnership where all the community college students are gonna get free um, Metro bus bus um, tickets, right? That's about 230,000 students out of their cars. So continue to invest, continue to support initiatives. And my last one would be to uh, think and dream bold. We are Hollywood, we need to find incentives to get people out of their cars. We need to change the relationship that we have with um, um, our, our vehicles. And also, we need to um, really start thinking and talking about how congestion is a quality of life issue.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Like, what's going to happen in the next three to five years? If I look at my crystal ball here in New York, I think we're going to see a lot more bikes. We're going to see bikes and bikes and bikes, and I think it's going to be great. I think as bikes also become electrified, we're going to see, I think, the way they're used uh, will be sort of new because the distances, of course, will be different. I think we're going to see some scooters returning in the roads, which I think will be exciting as well. I, I like scooters. And I think we're going to see a lot more walking. I think there's going to be a lot more people talking about how to connect neighborhoods and allow micro-mobility to bring people throughout the city. Right now, you know, the city is defined by its big roads. And if you're a walker or if you're a biker, you get by. And I think we're going to begin to see sort of this shift in this point of view. I think you're going to see more pedestrian bridges. You're going to see more connections between safer bike zones. And I'm looking forward to that. But I also will think we're going to see a lot of electric cars. And unless we do something creative, I expect to continue to see congestion here in New York. And yes, congestion pricing will certainly help in some areas, but it's not going to help in the outer boroughs. So we're going to see a lot of cars come back and forth until we have more creative policy.
0: Absolutely. Thank you both for sharing your perspectives on electric vehicles and what it means for cities and mobility moving forward. Looking forward to the next conversation, and thank you, everyone, for joining. Thanks, Katie.
1: Thanks, Katie.